The Conquest of Bliss, a podcast about finding light in the darkness. Community. We'll start with community and see where it goes. Yeah, that sounds great. All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Conquest of Bliss. I am here with the ever-lovely Rhea Dickerson, and I'm so excited to have her on. I'll let her tell you a little bit about what she does, but she is a fellow podcaster and amazing. Ah, she's so cool. Um, She she does this... uh, this thing, this project called Comfort Squared that you should really look into because it's just incredible. And she is, I'm going to just ask how she is instead of rambling on. So it's not a one person conversation. How are you, Rhea? <laughs> Doing okay. Doing all right. Like it's been a really exciting time recently with everything, you know, becoming a hellhole with, you know, the world and a virus. But, um, I think it's been cool to see how many people have been banding together and seeing all the things that have been created and coming up and happening. So it's been interesting to see. So do you want me to introduce myself now or do you want me to just finish the how am I? Um, I'm going to go with introduce yourself. Okay. So <laughs> you already said my name, so, but I'll say it again. So I'm Raya and I have a podcast. I don't, I hate it. So it's casual. So I get to talk about the fact that I hate talking about myself in this way. But so I podcast, I podcast about mental illness and trauma. And we talk about all the deep, hard stuff and we don't beat around the bush. But also, it's not like shock value and to elicit emotion for the sake of being dramatic either. Like, I'm not going to milk your story. That's bullshit. <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. Well, <laughs> And I think it, it also dampens people's story when they feel like, wait, was my story not bad enough that you felt like you had to make it like more in order for people to care? Like your story is enough and your story matters as it is. So we do that. Uh, we have the Comfort Squared Project, which has been on hold actually, only because I've been just overwhelmed, but I really want, I'm getting that started back up again. And um, I'm gonna be bringing on some help and stuff too to keep that coordinated. Be able to uh, really make it happen bigger because it's really the perfect time to do so, you know, with everything that's happening. And then there's so many people that are wanting to learn how to do that and create community. And, you know, they're just looking for ways to connect with people. So it's a really great chance. So that's perfect opportunity. Oh, that's wonderful. And I'm hoping that the dry and love thing comes to fruition so that I can help support that as well. So just before we move on, can you explain what the Comfort Squared Project is? Because it's so cool. Yes, absolutely. So I'm like this super eclectic person (laughs) with all these weird random skills. And uh, with our whole mental health journey with me and my husband and that podcast stuff, we spent a lot of time with like crisis situations, with suicidal situations and in psych wards and all that kind of stuff. So um, just trying to think of like, how do I connect all of these things and make some sort of project it's kind of beneficial to everybody um and so that's kind of where the comfort squared project came into play but basically what it is is it's um where you have the community so whoever wants to be involved and support uh helps create blankets by crocheting or knitting um 
squares, six inch squares, and we join them up and make them into blankets. And they go to people who are in um, some sort of psychiatric crisis or trauma or some sort of thing like that. They get nominated by other people in the community. And it comes also with a box of like um, uh, three by five note cards with uh, encouragement and things like that from people in the community again. So you don't have to crochet a square or something to send a note of encouragement in with a box. So you definitely don't have to be a, a needle worker or anything like that. You can just say something. And if you don't write or even if you don't speak English or something like that, we could totally figure out a way to translate or have somebody else write it for you or you could draw a picture or something if you wanted to contribute. Because basically the whole point is to send love and support from the community in a box because like nobody goes through this shit alone like it's so prevalent and it's so huge and the darkest part about it is that it's so internal that it feels like we're alone so many of us are going through it and the best thing we can do to you know sustain our own health and you know healing as we get it is to reach out and help other people. So that helps sustain people who are in a good place. And then it helps lift people as much as they can um, from where they're at and support them. So that's where that whole thing is. But. It's, uh, it's, it's so beautiful. It makes me, like it gives me goosebumps every time you talk about it. I don't know if I've ever told you that before, but you know, oh. I get goosebumps a lot, but it's just, fantastic i'm always so excited i've been able to contribute a little bit in different ways over the year and a half that we've known each other oh my gosh can you believe it's been a year and a half um and and it's just something that really sets my soul on fire so um well i but, think that's one of the things is we're both so driven by community right <laughs> oh that is exactly true it's to like a, a crazy degree and i know that i spent uh, like a huge portion of my life with, well, I mean, I've always had, I've always been very lucky to have a very close-knit um, friend group that's that's fairly large. But um, last year when you first met me and I was in that relationship that was less than healthy, I had pushed everybody away. And it was community that really brought me up and out of that. And I mean, not that I don't still struggle, you know, um, the podcast I just released had me crying a little bit for the first time on a podcast, so that's fun. Um, <laughs> you know, one of these days I'll tell my story and it'll just be all tears, but um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so I wanted, I wanted, um, wanted, uh, wanted to ask you, like, what, uh, like, what was it that made you realize the value of community and, and like, how did that all start? Because since I've known you, you've been doing this and it's been incredible. But I want to know a little bit about what got you here. Yeah. So with community, I guess I I grew up in churches, so I I think I always thought community was important, but I never realized how different, like what the most important factors in a community are. You know, because mm -hmm. because it was like conservative evangelical communities that I was brought up in. There was like certain pillars that seemed so important that are not, you know, it's like, oh, actually believing the same way about a lot of this stuff doesn't matter. But 
these things and connecting on these ways, actually those are way more important and those are way more lasting and create um, just safe and healing spaces and stuff. And so, um, yeah, for, for me, um, I didn't really realize how much community was available outside the church even or what community looked like outside of a church because I was just like oh I don't know what those uh, old non-christian atheist secular folks do for like I don't know how they meet people <laughs> uh, and I almost said amen but then right. that'd be ironic <laughs> <laughs> right like just it sucks because you look back and you're like wow so naive but that's okay because I was doing the best I could. Like, I can't know what I didn't know. And that's okay. And so it's like, you know, being able to have a little grace for yourself when you're having all these little epiphanies about, oh, wow, community is so valuable and made up of so much deeper and more important stuff than just these weird agreed upon rules. I, don't know. I oh, I agree. I agree so, so freaking much. Um, and, and something that you mentioned, so you said, you know, the pillars of a strong community. Mm-hmm. So now that that's shifted, because I mean, I agree so much. We don't know what we don't know. So how, like, uh, I try, I try, there's no way to say this where it doesn't sound like you're trying to be silly, but you know, you don't know what you don't know until you know, you know, and, <laughs> and it just sounds silly, but um, I know nowadays in, uh, in 2020, Raya 2020, what, uh, what would you say are, say, just for like easy numbers, the top three things that you think a healthy community will have? Mm, okay. Well, dang it. Like, and as we were like going into this, I was like, she's going to ask what a healthy community should have. And now <laughs> I don't have anything that, no, I do have things. I think you have to have like this <laughs> willingness to like, I think love has to be a big factor. I just think it does. It has to be built on love and a willingness to just kind of like give the benefit of the doubt sometimes and be wrong, you know, and those are really pillars to hang on. So love, (laughs) (laughs) love is important. I can't go too far into concepts, which I like to do and go off the rails because ADHD, um, so I think love, and then I think like a growth mindset. Ah, yes. Or where it's not always about like forward motion progress. I think when people hear growth mindset, they're thinking like some people think like, oh, charge ahead. And like, that's not what I mean at all. Because sometimes growth is like a lot of regression too, and going, oh, I have to take away all that stuff that I thought I learned because that's not true. Mm-hmm. That's and so true. Or, yeah. <laughs> what you're saying is so true. <laughs> totally, yeah. Um, so, love, growth mindset. Um, uh, I guess commitment to justice too. I think is important. You know, justice is important to make sure that people who are being marginalized or being othered or not getting the rights or the things that they need, their needs met. Like that they get their needs met, and I think that's important. Okay. Oh yeah, love, justice, and what was the other thing I said? Growth mindset. <laughs> yeah, there we go. I uh, I was surprised. I thought you were gonna say boundaries, so I was surprised. Oh, that is good though. 
<laughs> I, I definitely think that a, a, an understanding for, for me, and I don't know where it would go. I just picked three as a random number. You know, there's, there's no rules on the conquest of bliss. Um, <laughs> Oh, there we go. That's perfect. There's four. And now we have like a yeah. four. It's perfect. Oh, it's a, yeah. It's like a whole pillared building. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you know, a pillared building like they, they make with the building and the pillars. Um, yeah. yeah. So to me, yeah, boundaries are equally important. And I know every time I talk to you, we talk about boundaries. And it's so funny. Because I know you know about boundaries, but we always talk about it semi-publicly, or I guess this is like fully publicly. I guess this is like legit publicly. I just tell myself semi-publicly because I feel a little more comfortable pretending like it's not. Uh, <laughs> I feel you. So um, I've got more random questions, you know. Um, <laughs> what would you say to someone who is feeling other, feeling outside, uh, feeling like they don't have a community? I know that like for me, it took me a very, very long time to even realize that there was a community available online. It was, um, I mean, you know, the community that I ended up with, um, like entering into online world with, but before that, I always just kind of thought, yeah, internet friends and had no idea that it was like legit. Like we've hugged, you and I have hugged. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah. You in a different country, you're an alien, you know, as far as, So um, how would you say, like, because it can be so hard to filter. There's so many options. What would you say is is a place for someone to start? If you're feeling other, I would say that that is the human condition. Like, that is totally normal. When we feel othered and stuff, that's because our brains are constantly fighting to look for the different threats and the things that are like, oh, what are the things that have caused me loneliness or caused me pain or those things in the past? And you're constantly on high alert for those things. And then the other thing is like, we have a biological drive to be with others. And so when we feel lonely, we have this weird shame spiral that happens and then we end up projecting it onto other people and then it just ends up really ugly. And I think one of the best things we can do when we feel othered is to reach out to other people that feel the same way. And even saying that I hesitate a little bit because I know that can end up being kind of like a bitch fest or where we're just like, and I, I don't mean like, women are bitches I mean just like bitching and moaning but then I'm like is that kind of like a gendered like thing it's, oh, maybe I don't it's okay that. I, I get to I get anyway you. um or like where you know you end up with these really unhealthy situations where whole movements start because you're like oh all these people are angry about this thing where we all feel othered but maybe if me as an othered person in the mentally ill community You know, I was othered in a lot of ways in Christianity. Um, I, yeah, I reached out and I've done a lot of work in the mentally ill community, but I've also partnered a lot with like the queer community. And so I've, you know, done a lot to reach out to them and to learn about the ways that they feel othered and to, you know, create community there and to help them feel like they belong 
you know, and that in turn just creates community between us. And there's no longer a need for us to join some big group because you don't see it that way anymore. It's no longer me against the world. It's like, oh, well, we're just all kind of in these groups that are kind of all fighting for space. And well, now I have a partner group and we're here and we're together. It's okay. <laughs> That's kind of a long I no, I loved it. I loved it. You can you can talk to me forever and I'll be happy with it. <laughs> and my listeners can skip it if they don't like it. Um, I'm very, very conscious of the listener, as you can tell. Uh, <laughs> um, no, one of the things that really jumped out to me that you said that I didn't expect, so it was just like, just beautiful, is, and that's, that's why I like to ask people questions that they're not prepared for. I never prepare my guests because, you know. I think it's because you're a brat. Cool like that. Um, <laughs> Maybe a little, um, but what I what I loved about it was you said sometimes the best way to enter into a community is to do so with curiosity, mm-hmm. and I think that that's really big because especially when you're looking at like niches or niches as a lot of Americans say, but um, niches or or things that feel clicky or cliquey or however just choosing words that nobody knows how to pronounce or has no consistent pronunciation, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you're entering into communities that have these niches and these clicks, that's how I say them, um, it can be very, very hard to feel like you can break through and break into it. And I think a lot of people go into that with the mindset, the idea of how can I how can I put myself in this space as opposed to how can I learn how to be with these people? Mm-hmm. And I think that that's amazing advice, Freya, is, is go in with a sense of curiosity and and. Find out how you can serve a community if you want to be part of a community instead of finding a community that can serve you. Mm-hmm. And I think that that approach is going to see a lot more success. Yes. So, yeah, I was actually just writing that down. So I'm glad you <laughs> hung out there because like that whole aspect of coming into another community and having an attitude of service versus, oh, I'm here to like share something with them. Like I'm not here to share anything with them. I'm here to serve them and to figure out well, what are the ways that I've also contributed to your marginalization? What are the ways that I can help in any way lessen the marginalization that you feel? And when I go in with that attitude, like it's so different and I learn and I grow and, you know, actually can help and do something valuable, which builds up my own internal self-worth. It takes away that shame and that internal stigma that I've put on myself for like, oh, well, obviously you're a piece of shit because otherwise people would want to hang out with you. Um, duh. And it's like, well, no, it's just that people get busy. Other people have their own stuff going on. Who knows why? Or maybe I was an asshole. Maybe I burned some bridges. Maybe I need to fix that. But for whatever reason, it doesn't mean that like it's not fixable. It just you know, it's a situational thing. Absolutely. And you just once again touched on something that is huge. And I'm sure that we've talked about this before because it's something that I think of often, pretty much all of my friends know my stance on this. And that is maybe they were busy. I, I used to, when I was younger, think that if someone wasn't giving me their time and attention, regardless of what type of relationship it was, that it was somehow a reflection on me. Mm-hmm. And I heard the other day, now I don't know if this is true, but I heard the other day that a person can maintain 
I think I want to say like a maximum of like a hundred relationships where they're actually having a real relationship with that person. And I thought that number can't be right because I kid you not, Rhea, hundreds of people that I have real relationships with where I'm, I feel really connected. I know generally what's going on with their lives and vice versa. But I think the reason for that is because any one of those relationships doesn't require constant maintenance. Mm-hmm. Like you and I can go two weeks without talking or we could talk every day for a week straight mm-hmm. and our relationship is maintained that way because we have an understanding. Mm-hmm. And I think that, I, I don't know where I was going with this except for understanding <laughs> understanding that people get busy or that other people have other things going on in their lives mm-hmm. really, really helps to ease that pressure on mm-hmm. trying to maintain relationships. Like even my, my best friend lives on the other side of that wall there. Mm-hmm. And I, even before the COVID, see her like once a week, the COVID. Um, the COVID. <laughs> I see her like like once a week. I also say the Facebook, you know, I'm very cool and hip. Um, <laughs> but I just think that that's a huge piece is, is remembering that, like, and it, it's such a difficult thing for me. Sorry, this is a little bit off topic, but it's us. So mm-hmm. um, I see these posts that talk about you know, you know who your real friends are when they're reaching out or re- your real friends will reach out to you, et cetera. And I understand, I understand that those posts are coming from a place of pain and a place of feeling like they aren't being cared for. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I think that it's an enormous amount of responsibility to put on someone else to constantly reach out to you, mm-hmm. you know? Um, I don't know where I was going with that. We were talking about community and I am sorry I got off track. <laughs> No, so actually I have some theories about that. And I think it has to do partially with like, because I used to be like that too, really bad, um, where just, and I never thought of myself as selfish because it wasn't like when I thought of myself, like when the word selfish to me was like, oh, you just want a lot, all the things for yourself. And, but it, or like self-centered was just like, oh, you just think that you're great. And it's like, well, no, it's where your world is really small. And then like your circle of thought and what you're thinking about is a lot smaller. And so mm-hmm. as, and we see this in like kids, you know, and we all grow through it, you know, as toddlers and as kids get older, you see their awareness grow and you're like, oh, it's no longer just a two-year-old. I'm hungry. You know, he only cares about himself. And then he gets a little older. He starts to care about, oh, my, oh, my, my brother matters too, I guess. And then, <laughs> you know, they get older and then, oh, we care about the world now too. And like the whole earth matters or like I care about my fellow man. And like, because we, as we get older and experience more of the world, like we mature in that way where we can hold more of these things kind of in our mind at once where it's like, okay, I've got all these things. It's not just me right here, you know? And it's like when I used to think that someone like, why aren't they talking to me? It's like, well, Uh, for some reason I just thought that they were like they knew that I was in pain for some reason and how much pain I was in and like were consciously not reaching out to me it's like (laughs) wait a second no like the whole reason I like this person is that they're not that kind of person like what kind of a petty person would that be like to consciously just not reach out to someone because you want them to be hurt that's a friend like no okay so that's not their motivation for re- not reaching out to me clearly 
so maybe I just need to like, well, they're probably busy. And well, shit, maybe they're depressed too. God damn it. There's a whole <laughs> lot of reason. Well, maybe I need to reach out to them. Shit. <laughs> I feel guilty. Well, when was the last time that I reached out to them? <gasps> they always reached out to me and I never reached out to them at all. Crap. <laughs> it's like, oh my gosh. You well, just yeah, have just... this whole thing that opened up. Go ahead. I was just saying, sorry, you're lagging, so I didn't realize. Um, that's exactly it. And and like, you know, when you said they're not consciously doing that, honestly, okay, this is just my take. Even if they are, mm-hmm. that is reflective of something going on inside of them that I don't want to touch. Mm-hmm. You know, like if, if someone is, like when I say I don't want to touch, I mean, I can't even comprehend mm-hmm. how much pain there must be in order to purposely hurt someone that you either say you care about or really do. So in that case, they're really not doing so great. So maybe we should give them some grace, you know? Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) When we can like step outside and like take a step back and be like, well, hang on. If I'm feeling like if I'm angry at them, like, well, why am I angry? Well, then they, I must really think they're, on purpose because otherwise like i'm not a person who get angry about something that's accidental am i no so i must think they're really purposefully doing well if they're purposely doing it then they have to consciously be doing this like holy shit like i didn't even realize that i was like acting on all these assumptions that were Mm -hmm. happening and then when you sit down and think through it and go hang on Mm, well, reality says that's not at all the kind of person that were. And even if they were, yes, they could definitely be in pain. Another reason I should probably not be judging them and giving them some grace. So, yeah, I know. Well, and the beautiful thing about this shift is it puts you in this position where no matter what, you always get to feel accepted and okay and enough. Because if, if, people are reaching out to you, then you feel validated and accepted and okay and enough. And if they're not reaching out to you and you understand that it very, very unlikely has to do with you, and even if it does, you can't just like undo whatever that thing is, then again, and then, you, and I'm not saying that you, ne- that I never feel sad. Don't get me wrong. And it's like, I'm not saying I never feel lonely, mm-hmm. but like a ridiculously large percentage of the time now that I've had this shift, I'm able to feel like, oh, it's okay, you know? Like, even when I've, like, I've come across, um, it's going to sound weird, but I came across a couple of my friends making fun of me in a group that they didn't know I was in. <laughs> and they were just making fun of me for being on my soapbox about uh, about vaginas. See, now I've officially talked about vaginas on my show. Um, like I said, I would eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was on my soapbox about not making fun of vaginas. And then they were in a different group and they were like, not like, they were they're like half-ass making fun of me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, don't let Kara see that post. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was pretty grandstandy. <laughs> and these are my friends. Like they don't realize I was in the group and they were just trying to like, you know, share a mutual moment. And it wasn't harsh. Like they didn't say like, what a bitch or anything. They were just like, don't let Kara see this post about vaginas. Um, you know, or you're going to get an earful. And, <laughs> and it, it hurt my feelings. But then I was like, yo, dudes, I'm in this group, you know, and was able to handle it in a way that it just, they were like, shit, sorry, we shouldn't have been doing that. And then there was no problem, you know, but if I had been like, what the fuck you Mm -hmm. fucking assholes, I know that it would not have 
gone that way. And like I said, that's like really because of that shift. And so I was able to save like three or four, not super close, but close enough relationships, you know? So anyways, I got tangenty. Yeah. And I don't know how many comments that I've made, or especially like in high school, I used to be so, like, I still am sarcastic, but I used to be so sarcastic because I like, I didn't think there was anything valuable about me very much like at all mm -hmm. and so i was like well i'll just try to be funny and so like i didn't really know what else to do because <laughs> like, i was a teenager i was an idiot but like like so i was just so sarcastic and like i would just make all these comments like without even thinking and then like there i remember one time like somebody was just like are you are you ever serious about anything and i was like shit like i didn't mean to be totally like nothing like i didn't want to be totally um yeah like without any depth or anything or substance uh but i didn't realize like how much i was using that as like a tool or like a, a personality thing and you know we make these comments so quickly because we're like oh i'm just gonna how is this funny and we don't even think about like oh wait a second like i'm making fun of a friend oh shit because like i've even made jokes like sometimes to my kids and i was like oh you know what like that wasn't that was a really stupid joke because that wasn't something i want to imply like that was rude and without even thinking and so like just the fact that you're able to have grace in that moment and be like hang on i like these people they're my friends i'll <laughs> give them a second like that's so good and that's so cool to see you know maybe who knows? Like, I don't even know who it was or what group and I don't care. Like, don't tell me. Like, because I just want to be able to say this first. Like, maybe they are assholes, but you're not and you didn't change. You're still Kara. Like, what they said about you doesn't change who you are. You're still just as valuable. And and so it's like, it, it's so cool that you're able to, ver like, not verge, I don't know what I'm saying, to go past that because then you also give them the opportunity to see what it looks like when someone handles it with grace and like why they might not want to do that in the, in the next time or whatever you know like it's such a cool thing that happened instead of just um them getting what was coming to them you know they were rude they got snapped back at you know it just it played out even better than it it had to well and yeah like i mean i'm not trying to like toot my own horn it was just this cool moment <laughs> right because i mean yeah. there's been more times that i have not responded well when things have hurt my feelings more times oh, than the, than this one time that i'm recounting <laughs> um, but it was what you're describing is what was really really cool is if anything if anything like there's this moment where like i kind of may maybe maybe i was a little bit too on my soapbox that happens i carry it around with me in case i need it you know um and uh, so maybe i was a little too on my soapbox and maybe they felt like i was and it it was it wasn't really directed specifically to them but maybe they just like was like you know whatever for whatever reason this happened and mm -hmm. i felt hurt and then like I said what happened was even cooler because I know that I walked away looking better than I did mm -hmm. before any of it even happened I walked mm -hmm. away knowing that we like like I, that just because someone starts a conflict doesn't mean that it needs to continue as a conflict most people who say things that can be confrontational if it's approached right can hypothetically you know turn a confrontation can be turned into a conversation 
sometimes, not always. Mm -hmm. And it's just like magic, right? It feels like magic. Um, <laughs> like all these things that I thought I knew for sure for my whole life are just like unlearned in these kinds of instances. Mm. Well, you know, and we were taught, we started out talking about community and that kind of goes to keeping a growth mindset in your community and saying, you know what, like maybe they're not ready to grow, but I want to be in a community where this type of thing is fostered. So I'm going to foster it and I'm going to hope it catches on. And if it's a good thing, it will because other people will do it too. If it's not a good thing, it won't catch on. And I could also let it go probably either way, you know, like it all kind of ties in together and, you know, seeing, and no, of course you're not perfect, you know, like, and you'll probably mess up, you know, next week and I'll mess up a whole shit ton more times. And like, I keep telling my kid, like every time he messes up, he thinks it's like, Oh, now the whole day's ruined. It's like, no dude, your day, like all this stuff is like a heartbeat. It's like up and down. And sometimes you're going to be like really good. And then it's going to go back down, but it's going to go back up again. And you know what? It is going to go down again and it's okay. It doesn't mean anything's bad. It's normal. That's how life is. And some days you're going to be more tired and have less skills to deal with the challenges of the day. And you're going to feel like you did a bad job because of that. But that doesn't mean you did a bad job. You just did the best you could with the tools you had. And it's okay. Yeah. And so <laughs> go ahead. Oh, I just all oh, I'm just thinking like, yes, so much. Yes, you said that earlier too. And it's such an important concept. Is enough means what you can do with the tools that you have in a moment. And just because you had tools five minutes ago, doesn't mean that they're going to be accessible right now. Just because you mm -hmm. know you have head knowledge about something or even you have experience with something doesn't always mean that you're going to be able to do that. Maybe you're more tired. Maybe you've had too much going on. Maybe you've had too much caffeine or not enough caffeine or, or you fell and hurt your knee and all of your endorphins are, are sent to your knee trying to make that feel better and you don't have enough to deal with the conflict that's happening. Maybe you're choking on your water and your seven-year-old nephew is asking you if you, you're if you need more water and you're like, oh my God, go away. I'm choking right now. Um, <laughs> all sorts of things happen and I'm very proud of that moment. Obviously, that's why it sticks in my head. <laughs> Um, but I guess it is that time. So I, uh, before I go, I would like, or before we go, because I'm not the only person here. Um, I, uh, I would really, really like you to take a moment to plug anything and everything that you want, whether it's yours or someone else's, because you have a platform. Why not? Sure, why not? <laughs> um, yeah. Well, if you want to check out the podcast that I do, that's the depth of echo stuff. But um, I'm super just excited about doing that um, not draw in love. Yeah, draw in love, yeah. I was like, I'm going to say it backwards, dang it. <laughs> uh, I'm really excited about that. And I can't wait because, like, the art stuff has been super helpful for, for me. Like, I did not think that art was something that would be accessible to me. Like, I just didn't think that was... I wasn't the type of person that could do art. And so like just art makes me so excited. So I'm just really stoked about this new project you're working on. Um, and so, yeah, yeah, you can do that. that. You can come check me out at, at Depth of Echoes or like I'm going to be in that drawn love group and hanging <laughs> out there and you can connect with me there too. <laughs> yeah. So for anyone that, uh, I don't know if we mentioned it earlier, but drawing love is going to be facebook.com just search draw and love because I don't know if it's slash draw and love or not, but just search it. It'll come up. There's a group and a page. If you want to join the group, join the group. The questions are really, really hard to answer. It's what's good. 
And the answer is whatever's good. And then the second question is, you gonna be nice? And the answers are yes, and yes, but with emphasis. So you can pick which <laughs> one you want. Um, <laughs> so, uh, and Depth of Echoes, we are going to link it. I'm pointing as if they can see me, but this is audio only. I'm gonna <laughs> link it in the description slash show notes. Oh, you're a podcaster. Is description and show notes the same thing? Okay, I thought so. Yeah, sure, why not? I thought so. People always call it show notes, and that sounds fancy, but I'm like, oh, I just use the description if I'm using something different. Um, so <laughs> I will be linking that. And uh, thank you so much, Rhea. It, it's always so lovely to talk to you. I love that we're both busy humans, but also sometimes it sucks because it makes it harder to chat. Seriously, I'm so happy to sit down with you anytime, Kara. All right. One final and very important thing that I need to add is I started a Patreon and I <laughs> I have to do shout not have to, I'm excited to do shout outs to my patrons. So to Chris Grace, Patrick Telford, Bethany Williams, and Leanne Lynch, thank you very, very much to choosing for choosing, not to choosing, for choosing the conquest of bliss and to support us. Um Oh gosh, it just means the world. And I mean, I happen to personally know all of you. Um, and you're just lovely human beings. And I, I couldn't be more grateful. So thank you very much. And if you also want to get a shout out on the Conquest of Bliss, go ahead and join my Patreon um, if you'd like. And if not, that's also fine. I, uh, I appreciate any, any support I get, any old kind of support. But yeah, so, so freaking cool. What is life? Life is wild. Anyways, thank you guys so much.